0: five regrets of the dying is that they wish they would have worked less. And looking at reasons for Sabbath in Scripture actually gives us direction for this regret. There are two reasons given for the Sabbath in Hebrew Scriptures. The first is that we'd recognize our limitations and realize that we aren't God. The second is so that we would not be defined by what we do and then be a slave. Our need to work longer hours than ever before comes from the addictions to stress, hurry, and producing. Only by intentionally creating habits like Sabbath can we open ourselves up to the Spirit and break those addictions. The status quo conspires to keep things from changing. Have you noticed that? Sometimes what happens in our lives is that we wait for something significant to force us to make changes. We lose a job or uh, relationship status changes, or we have a health scare. You know what I mean. But when things are fine, we don't evaluate where we are and what actually needs to change. And before we know it, where we've gone through a large part of our lives and they've just passed by, and because of the status quo conspires to keep us from changing, uh, I love how John Ortberg says it in The Life That You've Always Wanted. He says this, For many of us, The great danger is not that we will renounce our faith, it's that we'll become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we'll settle for mediocre version of it. Then we'll just skim our lives instead of actually living them. A part of the purpose of this series is not to settle into the status quo but instead learn from those who at the end of their life had a unique perspective about what they actually regretted and in order to discover our real bucket list. The thing that we can evaluate and change right now so that we don't get to the end of our life with the same major regrets that most people have. Brownie Ware said that the second most common regret of the dying that she heard was, I wish I would have worked less. And at the end of their lives, you don't hear people saying, I'm so glad I stayed in the office late most nights, right? Or I was, it was really worthwhile to have worked during all of my vacations, or it was really worth it to let stress of my job distract me when I was at dinner with my friends or my family. Most of us understand that cognitively, but the reality is is that we're not doing much better. In her book, The Overworked American, Harvard economist Julie B. Score estimated that the average employed person is now on the job an additional 160 hours or the equivalent of one month a year compared to 20 years ago. Every year we are working the equivalent of one month more than you would have 20 years ago which means that over the course of your adult working life, you will work the equivalent of more than three years worth of work, more than you would have 20 years ago. What would you do if you had 100, an extra 160 hours a, a year? What would you do if you had an extra three years of your life? It was uh, actually in the 1960s, Time magazine wrote an article quoting expert testimony given by a Senate subcommittee at the time um, about time management. The essence of the testimony was that because of advances in technology, they said that within 20 years, people are actually going to have radically cut back on how much they work. This expert said that the great challenges for Americans was technology advanced, that our great challenge would be how are we going to spend all of our free time? and that we've experienced instead the exact opposite, especially during the pandemic when so many are now working remotely, where it's becoming even harder to distance ourselves from work. While technology was intended to actually free us, it has in some ways actually enslaved us. What those in their last weeks of their life discovered was that they would wished they had worked less because in the long run, it wasn't Meaningful as they thought that it was at the time. The reasons for Sabbath helps us to answer why we orient ourselves to working too much. See, Sabbath was an intentional rhythm set for, up for the Israelites. You worked for six days and then practiced Shabbat, or the Sabbath. Sabbath is the only day that God has actually blessed which tells us that there's something going on with this concept and that we should actually pay attention to it. But Sabbath is more than just taking a day off. It speaks to who we are, what, what's driving our lives and uncovers our insecurities and addictions. There are two different reasons given for the Israelites being given Sabbath. And they reveal the underpinnings in our lives that cause us to end up in the place where we get to the end and wish that we hadn't worked so much. Number one is this. We rest because God rested. To imitate God in order to accept our limitations. It says this in Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but in the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. And in it you shall shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Could it be that the reason many of us don't rest much and that we live stressed is because we think we're more important than we actually are. And we can't accept limitations, even the limitation that God placed on God's self of resting after six days. I love how Mark Buchanan put it in the rest of God. It says, Sabbath, imitating God so that we stop trying to be God. When we force ourselves to rest, It's an act of us declaring that we can't do everything and recognize that we aren't as important as we often think we are. This is what sleep forces us to do. Sleep is an act of trust, in essence. Trusting God to take care of the things and giving up control for just a few hours. In Psalm 3, 1, and 5, it says, even in the midst, as the psalmist is talking, even in the midst of being pursued by his enemies at this time, the psalmist actually sleeps because he knows that the outcome does not fully depend on him. Uh, the study from the National Sleep Foundation, they've actually discovered that not only are we getting in, not getting enough sleep, but that the average American today sleeps less than any other time in history even though we have pills to help us sleep and sleep number mattresses and, you know, soothing ocean music, we're getting less sleep and less deep sleep. Could a part of the reason be that we are unable to accept our limitations? A part of this reason that the Israelites were commanded to have a 24-hour period where they didn't work was to remind them that they're not God, that the world doesn't sit on their shoulders and that they're not god i believe the second thing we need to do is recognize that i'm not owned by what i do and what i produce we're reminded of this in deuteronomy 5:12 and 15 it was a reminder that you're not in slavery and not in bondage anymore That when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they were identified by what they did and what they produced. And they didn't have any choice in this. They couldn't take a day off. They couldn't decide for themselves when they'd rest or if they would get to rest. They were slaves and they were at the mercy of someone else's decisions. They were driven by producing for someone else and they were given the command then to Sabbath where they were to take 24-hour period of time where they didn't work, but instead they celebrated God and enjoyed family and friends and good food and good drink. And they're told to do that because they're not slaves anymore. God had rescued them. They're not defined by what they do. Their life isn't just about what they produce. None of this is saying that work is bad, right, or work is evil. My hope, friends, is that a lot of people enjoy what they do, get pleasure and meaning out of it, and it does something that creates value and care for others. And work, by the way, includes being a stay-at-home mom or a dad or a caregiver, uh, taking care of an ailing spouse or a parent, etc. You know, Scripture is not saying that work is bad. Work existed before the curse and will exist in the new heavens and earth, according to Isaiah 65, 21. This is not about feeling bad for enjoying your work, but it's about realizing that it does not define you, and that it's the totality of who you are. Your life isn't about what you produce, and your identity isn't about getting things done. You are worth more than that. More than what you accomplish, how, you clean your home, how clean your home is, how many home improvement projects that you can tackle over the weekend, and how many unanswered emails that you have in your inbox. The Israelites were told to take a day to not produce, to be deliberately and intentionally unproductive, and as an act of rebellion against the system that says definition of who you are and how significant you are is what you actually produce. This was in a rebellion to that. We see this again in Leviticus 16.31. A day of Sabbath and rest, you must deny yourself. It is a lasting ordinance. We are conditioned and enculturated to produce and to define ourselves only by what we do. So it is difficult not to do that, right? When you take a period of time and you don't work, and you don't produce, and instead just celebrate God, and enjoy family, and friends, and good food, and good drink, it means that we are making a conscious decision to deny ourselves. To deny what's become familiar. Familiar in getting our value and identity from producing. From feeling needed and important. Because we've conditioned our body to produce. That's what happened, is that when we do endorphins are actually released. Every time we check email or the phone and we get a a dopamine hit, right? Uh, And there's uh, when you stop and you actually go through withdrawals when you like take a pause from that because you're a junkie whose fix is found in work. So when you take a day to not produce and to not work, to do instead to do the things that bring rest and rejuvenation to you and your family and feed your soul and remind you of the goodness of God... What will happen at first is it will not feel restful. Instead, you'll feel anxious and bored. And you'll be tempted, like any addiction, to check email, to make a list, to go and get something done. And so, Litaviticus says to deny yourself because to actually live into this is hard and it does affect you. I want you to hear this Sabbath is different than a vacation or a day off. It's approached with a different intentionality. Jesus said in Mark 2:27, the Sabbath was made for man, not man, for the Sabbath. It was made for you. You don't have to throw it out because of how people have turned it into a legalistic, life-sucking experience. It's for your benefit. Sabbath is different from a day off or a vacation because based off the intentionality that you approach it with. It's about what you exclude and what you include. So let's break that down just a little bit. Exclude, number one, work. Whatever work is for you, define for you what work is versus what is restful. For instance, yard work might be restful for some, but for others, it's housework. Working out might be restful for some, But for others, it's work. Number two, worry. Don't engage in making decisions. You have to put things out of your mind completely. Now, what to include? Number one, resting the body. Take a nap. A slow bike ride. Sit in the sun. Take a bath. Eat food you enjoy. Don't diet on Sabbath. Go out on a boat with friends. Number two, replenish the spirit. Pay attention to what delights you and do it on that day. Reading for just for fun. Going surfing or hiking on a long pointless drive. Sitting and talking with family and friends. Number three, restore your soul. Spend intentional time with the Lord. Take a walk by yourself and in meditative prayer. Spend some time over a meal. Talking with friends and family about how God was present during the week. This should look different in different stages and seasons of life, friends. Remember, it's for you. It should work for you. So friends, don't just think about these things or say, Wow, I needed to hear this, Larry. Say, Wow, I needed to do this, Larry. Wow, God, I need to follow you in this. And gosh, this sounds hard. Father, will you break me? Will you break me of my habits? Realign me, give me rest, make me strong because just thinking of this feels like I can't and feels like I'm weak. Then choose a day this week, this week and do it. Man, I look forward to hearing all about what your Sabbath looked like this week so you wouldn't have regrets. And right now you would work less. Grace and peace. Now I'm gonna go enjoy this boat.